This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Mediocrity. That's the nothing personal word of the day for Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. We are the day before Thanksgiving. For many of you, today may be a Friday. For us, it's a Wednesday. Mediocrity. What a terrible word. You never want to be mediocre. Either be really good or really bad. It's the same with your team. You don't want to win 81 games. Terrible to be in the middle. Be rebuilding, be winning. You don't want your product described as mediocre. What do you do with that? It's such an insult to somebody. One of the great cuts of all time. Tom Brady did an interview with Stephen A. Smith. I don't quite get the whole Tom Brady situation the fascination with him, best player in the history of the NFL, the most decorated, signed that insane deal with Fox, trying to get favorable terms to be the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders and the other owners are like, hey, we love you, Tom. You've done a great job. We appreciate you, but no, you cannot get 10% of a team undervalued. That would set a bad precedent. Fox paying him $20 million or whatever they're paying him to be an analyst. He's never called a game in his life, but he's trying to get his feet wet, doing a few shows. He's on social media. I still don't know that he'll ever be the number one analyst for Fox. I still love Greg Olson. But in any case, he did Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith's show. And one thing that you're taught in school, in the school of money, you do not ever sully your product ever you lie before you sully hey that guy in double a that hitter we have he's so good we have him as our number five ranked prospect in fact we have him as a non-prospect who we're about to trade but we're going to bolster him up to increase his value that car mm, you're going to look fine out the door what a clunker piece of crap why would you say the NFL product is mediocre? And yet he went right to that. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past when I played and was the best player in football. He didn't say the last part, but do you think he was thinking that when his actual quote ended with, I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. And then he said, I think the coaching isn't as good as it was. True, Belichick was a great coach, now he's a terrible coach. When a team wins, the coach is great. When a team loses, the coach gets fired. It's always the coach. Can't be the players, can't be the president, gotta be the coach. It's gotta be the shoes. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. Tom, tell me more, tell me more. Did you get very far? Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits, Tom continued to say. 
I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. Do you think Fox was sitting around and watching this because it went viral, of course, lead story, and they're thinking to themselves, ah, hey, Tom, who wants to call Tom? Fingers on the nose. I'm not calling him. I'm not calling him. I'm not calling him. I'll call Giselle. I'll call Bridget. Not calling Tom. Don't ever do that. And here's a question I have for you, Tom, if you're listening, but I know there's probably not more than a degree if things are bad because it's the day before Thanksgiving, maybe two degrees of people listening to this. So if you by chance get to Tom, ask a very, very simple question. Do you recall the rules that were changed in the game because of you? Do you recall the fact that no one can touch a quarterback because they wanted to protect you so much because if you got hit, as you should, because you were 100 years old, you'd be in the hospital, as would I. I'm certainly not saying you're not tough. I couldn't get hit once the way you got hit a thousand times. But the rules changed. Yet you're going into a diatribe about how it was your responsibility as a quarterback not to get an offensive player hurt. It's not upon the defender to not hurt the offensive player. As a matter of fact, it's important for the defender to be able to hit an offensive player. It's my job as the quarterback. He even talked about Ray Lewis. Great call out to Ray Lewis. If you've never watched him play, watch him play. He puts the Lester and Lester Hayes, different position, but same sort of fear. Ronnie Lott, those type of hitters, they just, they hit. And Tom Brady said, hey, you know what? I'm not throwing a ball to a guy if he's going to get hit by Ray Lewis. So if he's in the middle of we're playing the Ravens, I'm just not going to throw it there. That's on me. I'm not sure I quite fully understand. The only thing I know for sure is that when Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers agree on something, it can't be right. Aaron Rodgers was backing Tom Brady and said the rule changes have created a lot of bad habits. People want to see football be a collision sport. They enjoy the big hits. Do you think that Roger Goodell is thinking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and saying, wow, our product's mediocre. Wow, we got to change the rules. Aaron wants some more contact. Hold on one second while I suspend Kareem Jackson for four games for his hit last weekend against the Vikings. Is there any greater dichotomy between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? Hi, my name's David Sampson. We're live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. We are at 8.06 a.m. Eastern. Thank you for tuning in. I just had a moment that if you're not watching, you don't realize what happened, but I gave myself the test that I give myself often. And as it turns out, I have passed. So we move on. Do you think that Roger Goodell agrees with Aaron and Tom and smiles as he finds and suspends Kareem Jackson? Or do you think he looks at Tom and Aaron and says, you two are buffoons? Where do you stand on that? Do you miss the collisions? Of course you do. Fans love that. There's greater penalties in the NHL for fighting, yet that's when you get the most cheers. There's suspensions in the NBA for leaving the bench, yet bench-clearing brawls short of Malice in the Palace, which just had an anniversary. People dig it. Two things they like. They like the long ball, and they like the chin music. 
you don't need a lot of focus groups to know that we like train wrecks. We like violence. I don't know why. Is it because there's so much violence around us? Is the violence leaking in as it did in Brazil during the Brazil-Argentina game where what you see on the field is what you wish you could do in life? Or do you feel when you walk into a stadium that it's somehow walking into a neutral territory where rules don't apply? Many times I spoke to fans in my career when we had kicked fans out for fighting or something. Why? Sometimes the answer was money. Sometimes the answer was misunderstanding. He was bothering me. And I would say, and I would always think to myself, make sure you say this, David. Do you do that on the street or in your house? Because if you do, you lose your freedom. So I'm just throwing it out there. And then we have to worry when there's violence on the field, when you cross the line between what's accepted in the game and what may be a crime. The way we saw in that hockey game in England, when the player who went off his feet and his hockey skates slashed the throat of the former NHL player and killed him at 29 years old for all to see to the horror of all in attendance and to the horror and chagrin of everyone who saw the video. Charges were pressed, manslaughter charges over in England, over that death. Charges will likely come with what happened in Brazil, Argentina. For crying out loud, Meatloaf, Messi's claiming he got hurt because he had to go to the locker room and cool down after warming up because of all the violence that was going on in the stands. We've had story upon story of fan violence around soccer stadiums, team buses. I've regaled you with stories of people shaking our team bus as long as 20 years ago. So are Tom and Aaron right that taking the violence out of the sport is the problem? And maybe that's why there's more violence in the stands? Well, there was just as much violence when there was more violence on the field. The reason why the rules were changed in football was not to curb violence in the stands. It was to curb lawsuits in the courts. The reason why the NBA wanted to curb bench clearing brawls and violence on the court was because of money and sponsorships and franchise valuations. The reason we stopped and have encouraged fewer bench clearing brawls and instituted greater penalties in the sport of baseball is that owners said to the commissioner, Commissioner Selig a long time ago, we don't want our players getting hurt because then we have to pay them not to play. Not one time did we have a meeting where we said to ourselves or to anyone in the room, let's do what's right for society. Let's try to take violence out of the sport because let's be good examples. We talk about being good in the community and being good partners and giving out turkeys on Thanksgiving, but not once do we correlate what happens on the field to what happens in society. With whatever banners you want in the end zone, whatever banners you wanna put on your field or on your helmets, that correlation cannot exist. And the reason it cannot exist is what is our power? 
We are all of free will and free choice. And the fighting that you see in the stands and the violence that you see on TV. You know what, Coca, I just realized. Can you imagine someone liking John Wick? Watching John Wick and saying, hey, you know what? I think it's a great idea. I am good to go. I'm going to go kill everybody. We're off the subject, Coke, and I'm sorry about that, but I'm annoyed and bothered by people who say, I don't want violent video games because it makes my child violent. Your job is to teach your child that's a video game or that's a movie. Oh, we can't see a naked body on TV. God forbid anyone sees that because then they'd think that there's something not natural about nudity. But don't worry, we're good with guns. Whole thing's very bizarre. Not quite as bizarre as my favorite story of the day. And you ask, why didn't you lead off with this? Because Coca didn't let me. My favorite story of the day happened in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin's been the coach of the Steelers. We have complimented the Steelers organization for their continuity. They've had a total of three coaches in my lifetime. I may have just made that up. Coco, you're going to have to check that. I believe that Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin have been the coaches since I was born in 1968. Since 1941, they have not made an in-season change. Think about that. They have not fired a coach, a head coach, since 1941. Now go deeper. They have not fired an assistant coach during the season since 1941. A coordinator, anybody. It's incredible. How do you do that? It was always my first thought to hire and fire Four, six, sixty-nine. It was always my first thought to fire a coach during midseason when our team wasn't playing well. Easier to fire a third base coach, a hitting coach, a pitching coach than it is to fire your manager. It's a great idea. The Steelers never until yesterday. Matt Canada is their offensive coordinator and he's now out of a job. After that amazing 13 to 10 loss to the Cleveland Browns. And I have not rooted for the Cleveland Browns this hard ever, but ever since Deshaun Watson got hurt, I'm rooting for the Browns to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. Because while I don't want Haslam to get rewarded, maybe I want them to go to the Super Bowl and then lose. No, I want them to go to the AFC Championship and then lose. I don't want to have to look at the Browns all for the two weeks before the Super Bowl. I want Jimmy Haslam and his wife who decided that signing Deshaun Watson to $230 million was a smart move. I want them to win while cutting checks to a guy who's not doing squat to help them win. It's so important. Anyway, so the Steelers fire their coordinator and Mike Tomlin would have you believe that it was totally his decision. And I'm here to tell you that that is complete horse hockey. Mike Tomlin, in announcing the firing of the offensive coordinator, said, talking about leadership and the decision to fire the coordinator, he said when asked, leadership is lonely. I don't run from it. I run to it. It was mine and mine alone. Mike, no, it wasn't. Do you think that for the first time in 81 years, you decided to do something that the organization hadn't done in almost everybody's lifetime, other than the octogenarians out there, other than the four score plus ones, and you just did it 
or you knocked on the door and said, hey, Omar, hey, Art, I just fired Matt Canada. You did? Or he went in and said, hey, Art, I want to fire Matt Canada. Do you think that that's how it went? Or is it more likely that the owner and the GM, however neutered you may think the GM is, saw the 13 to 10 loss, saw the fact that Kirby Puckett is so terrible and that the Steelers are winning even though they're being outgained. Kenny Puckett, Kim Puckett, Pickett, you know who I'm talking about. Do you think that the owner may have said to somebody, I want somebody fired? It's enough. I want to change. I'm not going to fire you, Mike, but right now I want your offensive coordinator. That's what we would do. You go to the manager and say, we're not hitting. It's you or the hitting coach. Yeah, all of a sudden you're defending your hitting coach. See you later, hitting coach. We're giving up seven runs a game. I want the pitching coach gone or you. See you later, pitching coach. It happens all the time. Every time a coach, an assistant coach or a coach in baseball gets let go during a season, the manager always says, this is a very tough decision. I didn't come to this lightly. Understand that a change needs to be made, but the blame can't go on one person. Well, you're putting the blame on one person, of course, mistakenly. But the reason why Mike Tomlin wants you to believe that he did it and did it alone is he wants you to think that he's got that sort of power. And he wants to protect the owner and the general manager who doesn't need protecting and the, the owner from being a part of panic, being the part of making a rash decision. Hi, I'm David. I did that for decades, protecting owners when they make decisions that are rash and emotional, yet you cannot talk them out of it. And you say, hey, it was my idea. The manager says, it was my idea. You always protect your boss. I saw right through it though, Mike Tomlin. He said, I didn't come to this decision lightly. They all say that, you didn't? To be really transparent with you, Side note, Coca, too many side notes today. When you're talking, try to get rid of the verbal tick, to be honest, or to be transparent. I'm being transparent. Because then what it means is when you don't say that sentence, it means that you're not being honest or you're not being transparent. It's like saying right when you're done talking, a verbal tick that I used to have for a while. It was a bad habit. You say something, you're making a point. You know, the Yankees have a really good chance of making it through the season only winning 90 games, right? You say right as though you agree with me, don't you? As though I need you to agree with what I'm saying in order to feel better about my position. Me saying, I'm being transparent. Or me saying, to be honest, I think that the sky is blue. Well, to lie to you, I think the sky is gray. It's all a bunch of horse hockey. All right, we have to do something after the break that's gonna be cool. Do you remember last week that we're using the, run, the random number generator to choose a movie from our top 100. And every Thursday, we're gonna review one of the top 100 movies if we haven't reviewed it. And it's all gonna be done on, by not in order. And last week, we told you we're gonna review Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is number 93. We're doing it today because there's no show tomorrow because we're all gonna be watching football and stuff in our faces. And Coca made me take the day off. So we come back, we're gonna review Four Weddings and a Funeral, and then we're gonna choose the next movie that we're gonna review. So get the list out, Coca. And then we're gonna talk about Jimmy Dolan, cause he's really getting into it with Adam Silver again. 
We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson, Matthew Coca. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing. Please subscribe on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Two places I'd like you to go. Then go to davidsampsonpodcast.com. We have a Black Friday sale, 20% off everything in the store. And if you spend over $100, then you get 30% off your entire order. There are gift cards available. There's great merch. There's hopefully a great experience. If you don't have it, please let us know. You can contact us on that website. All of our content is on that website. Thank you for that. All right, number 93 in my top 100 is a movie called Four Weddings and a Funeral with Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell, as well as fantastic supporting players. It's the same people who brought you Notting Hill, another one of my favorite movies. And it's literally about four weddings and a funeral. And it is about, it takes place in England, and it is the journey of people, and Kirsten Scott Thomas is in it as well. It is the journey of people who go to weddings and what happens at those weddings. Now, it may sound like it's not entertaining, but when you have all English people and then you've got an American, Andy McDowell, a beautiful Andy McDowell, who obviously falls for Hugh Grant and obviously is not able to have Hugh Grant at the first wedding, but then eventually has Hugh Grant, but does she? In one of the great rain scenes of all time, they end up figuring out where they are and what they're doing. And so I ask you, when you're looking for a movie that is written well, that feels good, that has good music, and that makes you laugh really hard, and one of the scenes, and coincidentally it may be the funeral, it makes you cry, is that the type of movie that would be in your top 100? Four Weddings and a Funeral is clever, extremely clever, and I like clever. Now, what are we gonna do next week? Here we go, I'm doing it live on the air. You can see num number random number generator from one to 100, it's on screen. I am now hitting generate, Coca. Do you have the list out? Generate, 71, that's the new number. What is movie number 71? That is what I'll be reviewing next week. Movie 71 is, oh yes. So I'm re-watching all these movies. So I re-watched Four Weddings and Funerals since last week. Inception is number 71. Not a funny coincidence, 4869. A funny coincidence, that means that next week I'll be reviewing two Nolan movies because Oppenheimer is now available to stream. So I'll be watching Oppenheimer before next week. And now I'll be watching Inception, which will be our review next Thursday. Four Weddings and a Funeral, number 93. Next week, number 71. Okay, yesterday we did a topic that got attention after we did it. It didn't get a lot of attention before, so I think it's great. And it may even come up live on the Levitard show in 37 minutes. The whole Knicks Raptors lawsuit and how we're trying to figure out, will it be arbitration in front of Silver? The Knicks and the NBA are fighting. The Knicks and the Raptors are fighting. 
News alert, James Dolan fights with everyone. When you fight with everyone, do you ever look at inside and say, wow, it may be me. Whoever smelt it, dealt it kind of thing. James Dolan doesn't get along with anyone, including any of his employees. The CFO of the Sphere quit right before a board meeting. He couldn't stand being berated by James Dolan anymore. The Sphere, which was gonna open in London, he wanted to build a Las Vegas Sphere in London. The London mayor turned him down yesterday and said, hey, listen, Jimmy, we appreciate it, but it's a little much for London. We'll stick with the London eye and be good. Stock went down 5%, it's a publicly traded stock. Here's a misconception that will help you at Thanksgiving. When you're talking about the sphere and the fact, hey, the sphere goes public, you wanna own part of the sphere? I don't know if you're aware of this, but now you will be. Sphere, S-P-H-R, that stock and its assets, it's not just the sphere in Vegas. They not only have the sphere in that bucket, but also all of MSG networks, that's in the bucket and several other assets are propping up that stock. But still, it did lose about 5% trading yesterday after London turned down. They'll find a city. I can picture a sphere, maybe Tokyo. That'd be interesting. Anyways, fighting with everybody. And have you ever been around people who are really spiteful and the expression is cut off your nose to spite your face? It's one of my favorite expressions because who would ever do that? Yet people, all the time back themselves into corners during fights, whether it's personal fights or professional fights, and they know they're wrong, but they don't stop. And as a matter of fact, they double down. Have you ever found yourself doing that? I can't say I'm perfect, I've done it for sure. The difference is I'm aware I'm doing it, that doesn't make it better, at least it makes it that I have some level of self-awareness. And then I ask myself, why are you doing this? Is the hope that by doubling down, you'll convince people that you're not wrong and that in fact, your position the whole time has been right and that they'll come to your side? Or are you delaying the inevitable, like procrastinating being wrong? Maybe that's what double downing is. Hey man, I'm gonna wear this one. I just don't wanna wear it today. I'll wear it tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. So Dolan, who is the king of the D squared, has resigned from all of his committees in the NBA and won't go to owners meetings anymore. It just got leaked to ESPN. There was a memo that he sent at the end of the summer, at the end of July, right around the trade deadline of MLB. And he said, given all that's occurred lately, I've come to the conclusion that the NBA neither needs nor wants my opinion. We cut live to Adam Silver in the league offices. Hallelujah, Snoopy dance. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You really got him, Jimmy. They were saying the mourners cottage. They were so sad, doing a little kiddish. Can you imagine what the commissioner did when he got that memo? He laughed. That's the type of memo where you see in the movies where they drop it on the floor. I can't, what is the movie? Oh, Major League. When Corbin Birdson, the third baseman, shows the contract to the manager saying he doesn't have to practice or doesn't have to take ground balls or whatever. And the manager, I wanna say his name was Lou Gammons, but I can't remember. I'm bringing out my card right now that I've shown before, my signed Jake Taylor autograph card that I keep in my desk right here. And he took out the contract he sh and he put it down, unzipped his pants and peed on it. 
I think that's what Adam Silver did to the memo. Then Dolan said, you know what? I'm not going to go to owner's meetings anymore. George Steinbrenner did that. Peter Angelos did that. There was a time when Artie Moreno did that, where they tried to show their disgust for the commissioners by not going to meetings, not because of health, just because they didn't want to waste their time because they felt as though that would be making a statement. And the commissioner and all of the commissioner's people, all the smart people in those offices, they look at James Dolan and they don't take him seriously at all. None of it. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be fair and that they can't be independent when it comes to an arbitration like he has against the Raptors. It just means that his presence on the committees, it's an eye roll. That's all it is. And then he ended the memo by saying, my hope is that the Knicks will be treated equally and fairly as all other NBA teams. As you know, I am very busy with all my duties at MSG family of companies. I need to apply my time where I can be most productive. Hold on one second. I got to get out something. Hold on. Let me get it out right here. I need to do the same thing. I'm going to apply my time where I can be most productive. I am the Elvis impersonator. James Dolan with his guitar playing with his bands. What is he talking about? doesn't have time to go to quarterly owners meetings or is sitting on committees that meet four times a year and you have to read four emails? Who, who is he kidding exactly? I don't know. See you later, Jimmy. Nothing personal pick of the day. We are 174 and 169. You think that we're doing props on today's show because I've taken out the Elvis Presley glasses if you're not watching this on YouTube and I've got the Jake Taylor autograph card, but these actually are props. They're not for 869. These are actually not props. They're just on my desk in the studio where I record this. I have one more thing that I have to show Coca. And if you're listening, it's okay. I'm going to describe it. It's my ID card. I have a David Sampson ID card that I still keep here in my drawer. Sorry, show and tell one last thing. Sorry, Coca. This is the Florida Marlins room list from a road trip. That's funny. A lot of old Marlins on this. This was our winning year. Mike Lowell is here. Anyway, excuse me. Back to the show. It's good to go down memory lane once in a while. Nothing personal pick of the day. I'm HOT. Remember that promise? We are now November. What are we, Coca? November 22nd. I promised you that we'd be over 500 at the end of December when all was said and done, when I started off the year so cold, had a bunch of seven game or 10 game losing streaks. Guess what? Not cold anymore. 174 and 169, we had the magic over the Raptors. The magic crushed them. Let me give you picks for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Four picks, get out your pen. Wednesday, Celtics six over the Bucks. Yes, you may remember that I have the Bucks coming out of the East. You also may remember that we've done well with the Celtics recently. You also may recall that you've seen a story where the Celtics are now beginning to perform better because their head coach, the very young head coach they have, is no longer being treated as a joke by his players. What changed? He started disciplining them. One of the surest ways to get respect is not to let the superstars act like superstars. And he has now been treating Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum like other members of the team. You don't run back, you don't play well, you don't run out of ground ball the first, you're benched. 
you want to get your clubhouse in order, treat everyone the same. The Celtics are playing well. The Lillard Giannis experiment is going to work, but not against the Celtics. Celtics six over the Bucks, And then we get to football. Am I alone here? Does everybody miss John Madden on Thanksgiving more than the other day? If you're old enough to remember John Madden calling games on Thanksgiving, giving out his turkey legs, talking about the fact that he doesn't fly and takes his bus, the Madden cruiser everywhere, Madden and Summerall, I miss him. I appreciate him. Oh, by the way, he was a hell of a head coach as well for the then Oakland Raiders. So the NFL is giving you three games. We're focused on one game. I want to focus on the Cowboys and the Commanders. The Cowboys are 11 point favorites. I think all three spreads Thursday, Coca, are at least six or more. They're not expecting close games. You'd think that Roger Goodell would be upset by that, but he's totally fine because we're all going to watch. We're all going to be so stuffed that we're going to sit on the couch and watch football all day. The reason I have the Cowboys at 11 over the Commanders is that the Washington Commanders are toward the tail end of the Ron Rivera experiment. Josh Harris is the new owner who after the opening week when they won, got the game ball. He was so excited. Their first home game they won. Going back to the purchase of the team, Magic Johnson tweeting about all the turnovers the commanders had and they lost to the Giants. Wow. Thank you, Magic. That is great value added. Not that I value add every one of my tweets also. But the commanders are going to make a change because the commanders have a small issue. The issue is that the new owner who spent $6.5 billion along with a few of his partners realized that maybe it wasn't Daniel Snyder on the field. It was clearly Daniel Snyder off the field, which is going to help him get a new stadium, which they need. They purposely had the showers not work last week. No hot water, no showers. I guess we need a new stadium. They're going to have to make a change of coach. Wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen. When it happens, we'll revisit it. When it doesn't, we'll revisit it. Coca, my official wait to see for today is that Ron Rivera will not be coaching the commanders next season. That's how serious I think the commanders have an issue. And when the commanders get blown out on Thanksgiving, Josh Harris will get his first taste of Thanksgiving indigestion. I have one word for that ownership group, Gaviscon. Friday, Black Friday, davidsampsonpodcast.com, Black Friday sale. You're inundated with sales. Everyone's got a Black Friday sale. What Black Friday sales mean is that the prices are jacked up enough that the margins are so amazing that when you do a reduction, you still have good margins, but you get greater volume, which makes up for the decreased margin. But when you have a sale, it just feels good. I buy a ton of stuff on Black Friday because I save it all, buy it on Amazon, and I am Jeff Bezos's dream, the new Miami resident, Jeff Bezos. It's a dream come true. Because everything that Amazon does is for the sole purpose of me paying the monthly amount that I pay for Amazon Prime. That's the end game for Bezos. All this Black Friday NFL games and Thursday streaming NFL and getting NBA rights and having movies and original content. The summer I turned pretty. That may not be Amazon, that may be Hulu. Either way, it's all meant so that we 
Shop and get free delivery. Sounds crazy, but let me tell you, the margins in toothpaste are greater than the margins in linebackers. So Amazon got a game Friday, so we get NFL Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday. Jets-Dolphins, dream matchup. Aaron Rodgers against Dan Marino. I cannot imagine why it's a 10-point spread. The Jets, one of the best teams in football, expected to win the Super Bowl. The Dolphins, under Dan Marino, having their best offensive season, also expected to win the Super Bowl. How it will be that the same conference will play against each other in the Super Bowl, don't worry about that. The reason why we're taking the Jets plus 10 on Friday is that the post-Zach Wilson era has begun and Tim Boyle's my guy. You're saying that's the biggest sucker bet of all time. The Dolphins under two are so good. Their offense. Is Tyreek Hill playing, by the way, Coco? He had the hand issue. I think he came back in the second half after and had receiving yards of 140 yards or something. I think he's going to have 69,000 receiving yards this year. You'd think the Dolphins will crush the Jets. I'm taking the 10 points. I like the idea of the team rallying around the great quarterback. Maybe like uh, Danny DeVito. I'm getting the name wrong. What's DeVito's first name? Aaron DeVito? Tom DeVito? Clark? Dick? The Giants quarterback, Coca. Tommy DeVito. I think it'll be some DeVito-type stuff that'll happen. We're taking the Jets. And then Sunday. Eagles let down after that great victory over Taylor. I view the Bills plus three and a half versus Eagles as a great bet, especially because the Bills fired their coordinator. And we rode that for a week. We're going to ride it for a second week. So when you speak about changing managers or coaches or firing coordinators, hiring your next manager, your next coach, what you do during the season often, you promote the quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator or the defensive back coach to defense coordinator, whatever you do. Bench coach to manager if you do an in-season firing of your manager. Not too often do you do the Torborg to McKeon, the 3 shuffle where you bring in an outsider who comes in and takes your team to the promised land. It can happen. But most often the coaches are already there. But then during the offseason, you have to go through a search. The San Diego Padres are a team that we've covered in great detail on this show, and we will continue to. And you may think that I have given you coverage that may not be altogether fair as I've talked about A.J. Preller and the fact that he has no reason to have a job and he will not have a job for long. But on this show, I've also done mea culpas when I've been wrong or when things that people do that I don't think are right, when they do things that I do think are right, I acknowledge it. The Padres hired Mike Schilt yesterday. Mike Schilt managed the St. Louis Cardinals, if you haven't heard of him, who's an organizational guy. Mike Schultz has been around the game for decades. He is a first-class individual, a first-class company man, a first-class manager. The only negative I have against him is if he gets along with A.J. Preller. It's sort of like players who have Scott Boris as an agent, like I speak about Jose Fernandez all the time. And I love, I love you, Jose. I'll always love you. I don't understand your choice in agents but I'm not gonna stop being friends with someone because I don't like their taste in women or men. I may disagree, but that's not up to me. I don't go home with them. I don't know exactly what's in their head. 
I can only comment on what they do. AJ Preller hiring Mike Schilt, the new controlling owner of the Padres, agreeing to the hiring of Mike Schilt is the best move the Padres have made. I don't agree with the fact that they let Bob Melvin go. I would have chosen Melvin over Preller in the power struggle. The irony is if that power struggle had come to a head or Peter Seidler had passed away earlier, and I wish he had never passed away at all, I wish he were not sick, but as the controlling owner of the Padres, who clearly, clearly was protecting Preller, Bob Melvin wins that power struggle. Well, now Mike Schilt is at the helm, and that's bad news for the NL West. And the reason it's bad news is he's going to really help that team because Bob Melvin, great. But anybody misbehaves, whether you're Soto or whether you're Tatis, Machado, I don't care who you are, depending on the makeup of the team and the payroll is going to go down, et cetera. You're not going to do it with Mike Schilt as manager. He will have that clubhouse and that will help the Padres. AJ Preller gave a whole statement and I wanted to take two minutes before the show ends and we're gonna get to the Yankees in a minute, but I wanted to take two minutes. And that is uh, when you hire a manager or when you trade for a player or sign a free agent, you always have a choice. Are we gonna do it as a statement? Are we gonna do a full press conference? Are we gonna do it as a scrum? You choose from a PR standpoint how you want to release information. Anywhere from a leak on one end of the spectrum to a full-blown bring in the fans, bring in sponsors, red carpet, rent out hotel space, that sort of unveiling press conference. And the choice that an organization makes has meaning. The Padres chose to do this as a statement as far as I can tell. They didn't get the folks together they chose to announce it Thanksgiving week. The winter meetings are coming up. You need a manager by the winter meetings. And they just did it in a statement. And the reason that bothered me is that is sort of indicating your view. Hey, let's nothing to see here. We're hiding this. Just a quick statement, quick quote, done, on to the next. When you hire a manager, I want the players to see that this is exactly what I wanted to have happen. It's like when you're in court and things don't go well, you have to pretend they're going well. Or when you're playing a game or when you're in a business meeting and someone objects or says no, you have to pretend that that's what you wanted to happen. Don't ever let them see you sweat. That's not just a commercial. I'm sure of that. The New York Yankees also did something yesterday. And the reason why it's worth noting is that Aaron Boone is not having a happy Thanksgiving. Aaron Boone will tell you that Brad Ausmus is his friend, the new bench coach for the New York Yankees. He'll tell you that he is completely supportive of that hiring. In fact, he'll tell you that he wanted that hiring. And to that, I say, Booney, horse hockey. When you bring in Brad Ausmus, an experienced major league manager, when you bring in that sort of person as the bench coach, that is a message to the current manager. Hi, I'll be your replacement. The general manager has a very clear message for the manager when you hire a bench coach with that sort of pedigree. Your chain is running out of links. You better get it going quickly because if we have an 11 and 20 April, hold on, that was too quick, Coca. 11 and 20 is 31, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. So 
if you have a 10 and 20 April, oh, but there's off days. If you have a 10 and 17 April, you're gone. It is a shot across the bow that is the most significant shot you can do as a team president or GM when you hire a bench coach like that. The bench coach is supposed to be the pick of the manager. That is the one position where the manager gets to say, this is my guy, this is who I want. You think Aaron Boone looked around and said, you know what, I have the best idea I've ever had. Wait for it, Brian, I think you're gonna like it. Hal, hear me out, let's bring in Brad Osmus. Nope. So can we do a double here? Do you mind, Coca? We're gonna do a double wait to see. Wait to see when I tell you something's gonna happen. Brad Osmus will manage the Yankees at some point next season. That means I'm assuming that the Yankees don't play up to expectations, that Hal Steinbrenner goes full Art Rooney and makes an in-season managerial change for the first time in his ownership tenure, and that Brad Osmus will be promoted to be manager. Wait to see, Brad Osmus will manage the Yankees at some point next season, and it all started yesterday when he was hired a bench coach. This is the end of the beginning of the end. Well, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Don't forget about the Black Friday sale on davidsampsonpodcast.com. Be safe, be smart. Gaviscon, it's just business. This is nothing personal. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.